0: The Quilt That Knew, coming up next right here on The Right Stuff. Hi and welcome to The Right Stuff. I'm the queen, Parker J. Thank you so much for joining me. Today we are going to be talking to my returning guest co-host and contributor today, Patrick Craig. He is the author of The Amish Mystery, The Quilt That New. You're going to love this story. It's not your regular, typical Amish romance or Amish romantic suspense story. This is a mystery through and through. I can't wait to tell you more about it in just a few moments. As always, I want to thank our Patreon team for their support. We have been showcasing Christian authors worldwide for the past nine years. And as God gives us grace, we'll continue to do so. To find out how you can help out, simply go to patreon.com slash write stuff and see what you can do. And as always, we cover your prayers. To stay up to date with PJC Media, simply go to pjcmedia.net. Click on that pink follow button and you'll never, ever have to miss a show. Subscribe to our new YouTube channel at PJC Media and be updated with new content, episodes, exclusives, and more. Go ahead and subscribe today and click that notification bell so you never, ever have to miss an upload. And so, without further ado, I'm going to bring on Patrick Craig. Patrick, how are you doing today?
1: Hi, Parker. How are you?
0: I am fine. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to be here with me today. You know I don't take it lightly.
1: We always have a great time when we chat, so I'm glad to be here.
0: Certainly do. And for those of you who may not remember, Patrick was with me a couple years ago when he and several other authors with Eagle Publishing, Eagle Lake Publishing, I think the name of the publishing company is, they wrote a book called The Amish Menorah, the Anthology of Amish Fiction. And that's how I met Patrick the first time. Really enjoyed the conversation. Such a great time. Now he's back with his own Amish mystery and I can't wait to tell you more about it. It's called The Quilt That's New. And you may hear that title and think, that is so odd. <laughs> what, is the quilt sentient? Is it like AI is going to come back to life and wrap us all up in this threads? No. What's more deeper than that? I can't wait to tell you about it. But before I do that, go ahead and reintroduce yourself to our listeners today.
1: Well, I'm Patrick Craig, and I have been a full-time writer now for about Eleven years. I was a pastor before that, and before that, I was a professional musician and was in the music scene and down in California for many years. And so I've had a kind of a checkered career, I guess. But along about 2007, I attended my first writers' conference, and I realized that this was what I really believed the Lord wanted, wanted me to do and not and to write fiction books because i'm a storyteller at heart so uh, since i wrote my first book a quilt for jenna uh, which was picked up by harvest house publishers and then they published two more of my books and since those times i have published 18 books And I'm working on a couple more right now. And so I'm just trying to stay active and alert and uh, keep working. And I have 60 more story ideas parked on my computer. So I think I'll, if the Lord carries, I might get a few more more in.
0: Well, I like the fact you have all this experience that kind of colors your writing, you know. And one thing I have always encouraged people who write is it's not enough to write in theory. You really should have life experience because that life experience actually helps you tell a good story. Now people can teach you the mechanics, but what's the flavor of your words? How does your voice sound? You, you start to find that out. We do have life experiences and I can tell you that I'm right because I know young people who are in their twenties now, they don't really know how to express themselves. They don't have an idea of how to write a story, but they have wonderful ideas. But most of the ideas they have have already been done again, but they don't know what it's like to be in a relationship because they're not in that relationship. They haven't had to work at a job where you have to deal with a crazy boss because they don't work. And actually, here's something interesting you may want to note too, Patrick, is one out of every four Gen Zer they want to be social media influencers. So all they want to do is direct the conversation and get brand sponsorships because apparently you can make a killing being a social media influencer but all you're doing is strapping yourself to the mob if you will if the mob doesn't like what you say you can get in trouble if the mob doesn't like what you say so I always say people who want to write should have some life experience now does that mean that young children can't write of course not one of my youngest authors was seven I recently interviewed a young lady. She was 16. She wrote an animal fantasy book. It was beautiful. And I was like, I wasn't writing like this when I was 16 (laughs) and she's homeschooled. And I said, that does it, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like no wonder she does so well.
1: I have a 20 year old granddaughter that I am helping put her first book together. She has a collection of really good short stories, very, very interesting short stories. And I first knew that she could write when I was giving her piano lessons and she started writing some songs. And the way she was turning the lyrics, the way she was turning a phrase inside the songs, you know, stuff. she would say something like, everybody's a dime and I'm a nickel.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: <laughs> you know, and she'd come up with these little things and I'd just say, man, that's so good. So I'm helping her put her first book together, and I'm going to publish it through my publishing company. And uh, But like you say, there's still a long road ahead to get. I'm really glad that I didn't seriously start writing until I was 60 years old, because I have all that stuff behind me. And so, like I said, I have those 60 books. Well, some of them are stories from my past some of them are stories from the books I read when I was a kid you know I'm writing westerns I'm writing a a couple of books about the 60s and I was there and I lived through it so that has to be in the portfolio you're absolutely right so that you can tell the story and it means something to people.
0: It makes it easier to segue into why i mentioned that because the main character in the quilt that new is a character from one of your earlier books and tell us about her
1: well jenny hershberger was has actually been in all of my amish books except for the amish menorah she was in the very first amish book i wrote a quilt for jenna she was a little girl who got rescued in a terrible storm and then in the second book, she was a teenager that was looking to find her background because she was adopted. And in the third book, she was married, and there was a terrible thing that happened, and she thought her husband had been killed in a an accident at sea. And then the fourth book was the story of her daughter, but I actually used the literary device of having Jenny write the books, and then she wrote another book about her ancestors. And then she wrote another book about the matriarch of their family way back in the 1500s in Europe. And so she's been around for a while. And I've just kind of fallen in love with Jenny. I, You know how you, you don't want to kill off characters? Well, now Jenny's 62. And I just thought, well, let's have a new season for Jenny's life. So now she's going to be the Amish Miss Marple.
0: And she does a wonderful job doing that. And it has a lot to do with that life experience. That's why we never want to knock life experience. We never want to knock the fact that life really will educate you in ways that theory can't. And I am gonna hold for young people getting on board and doing what they want to do. And I know I sound really old and I'm not, but I'm just very reflexive as I think about the changes that are happening so drastically in our society with technology that's sort of robbing them of that life experience. Not that I want anyone to have a difficult time, it's not that, it's more so learning about yourself through interactions with people and not just through the computer screen. What will you say to that, Patrick?
1: Well, when I think about like William Shakespeare, when he was writing, he had a working vocabulary of 50,000 words that he used. Every day in his books, the average vocabulary of the average teenager today is about a thousand words. Uh See, and I think that that comes from lack of relationship, because I think you learn new stuff when you're actually relating to people. But texting people limits you, you know, as opposed to sitting down and having a face to face with somebody where you can hear what they have to say and it's not limited by how fast their thumbs can go because you're working brain to brain. And so yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think that kids need to get out and live life, get off the video screen, get off the computer and go and live life and have some real face-to-face relationships with people if they want to be a writer because that's where it comes from.
0: And one thing, too, that Jenny experiences As she's going through this new season is much of her background aids her in solving this particular mystery it's an amish mystery but what patrick does effortlessly is tell us things about the amish in such a way that you don't know you're being educated until after the fact (laughs) and one thing you do is peel back the veil of this very chaste holy pure view of amish that has been propagated by a lot of Christian fiction, and you make it more real. Why was that important to you?
1: Well, because the Amish are real people. When I first started writing Amish, I was very blessed to be mentored by an Amish lady who had grown up in the Amish church, and she told me right out, she said, their lives don't turn out happily ever after just because they're Amish. The Amish people have desperate situations that they face every day just like any other people and many of those situations are desperate in the way that only god can fix and so she said you need to put that in your story if you're going to write amish fiction and so i've always one of my editors called my books amish plus because it was (laughs) because it was amish plus you know world war ii scenes and uh, drug deals and horrible accidents at sea and uh, not exactly just the wheel falling off the Bishop's son's buggy yeah. as he was on his way to court the girl who looks like Grace Kelly, you know.
0: Not that it would hurt. <laughs> that would hurt. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> not that it would hurt. You know. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs>
0: I like the fact that you do that, though. Keep going, please. Keep going.
1: Uh, well, I was just going to say, and you said this uh, to me before, that happily ever after isn't bad. You know, having books that have a happy ending or movies that have a happy ending, that's just great. But let's be sure and make sure that our that we got some realism in there.
0: And one thing about the Amish lifestyle is that when you read some of these Amish books, there's a very romanticized uh, feeling to their day to day lives. You know, oh, she loved of churning the butter or something, or she loved to do that. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, she's doing that at 4 o'clock in the morning next to the cows and it's dark outside <laughs> and it's yep. rainy and dad's in the fields doing something else. She's got 15 sisters and brothers around her and she got to take care of the babies. I'm like, that's a lot of work. And for our listeners out there, we have an episode with a woman who was a former Amish p- person, and she was the one who actually set it straight. She said, it's not romantic. It's not this romanticized view of it and she talks about Amish so make sure you listen to the archives to get exclusive on that show but in this book the quilt that knew one thing we have is a murder mystery and it starts off right hitting off the back two of the boys they're doing something and they go hey what's that which is probably the worst words you could ever hear in a mystery <laughs> and so he fell. I think he fell into a ravine or some kind of cliff he fell he saw something poking up out of the ground because it had rained, I think. I think it had rained or something. I'm going by my memories, though. It had rained. And so he's like, well, what's this? And so they look up and they open up a box. And in this box is a woman wrapped in a quilt.
1: Right. And so Jenny gets called in because she's a historian and and it's in the town that she grew up in. Well, the thing that makes it so interesting for her is when she comes in to look at this quilt, to try and help them find the source of it, she discovers it that it's a quilt that her mother made. And so that opens up the whole thing about, well, her mother made quilts that she gave away as gifts to people who needed a blessing. And Jenny remembers about 10 of those quilts. And so that opens up all the possibilities because this is one her mother made. And so they finally figure out, you know, where did that quilt go? And so that really begins to lead them down the path towards solving the mystery. So it really is the quilt that knew because it does know. And it tells Jenny the story just by her looking at it.
0: And what's interesting, too, is that it's an election year coming up.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, right.
0: (laughs) That was a little side note in there, dear listener, Uh, because in the book, the police officer is like, well, look, we're trying to keep the Amish happy (laughs) in the community. And so they kind of won their own there. Mm-hmm.
1: It's interesting. The Amish don't usually vote unless it's somebody that's really close to the Amish community. So the sheriff who's running, he calls in not only Jenny, but Jenny's, it's kind of like her uncle. It was her dad's best friend and Bobby Halverson. And Bobby used to be the sheriff of Wayne County. So, he, And he was one of the few sheriffs that had a working relationship with the Amish people, and that was one of the groups that helped kept getting him elected. So the new sheriff is saying, well, bring Bobby in because I need an in with the Amish community. So Bobby and Jenny end up back in their old stomping grounds working on this mystery.
0: And what Patrick does, too, is that he alludes to all the other books, too. So once you finish this book, I know you're going to want to pick up his other books. So go ahead, pick up the first book, The Quilt That New, available on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold, and then pick up the other ones because I know you're going to love it. Because he doesn't write just happily ever after, wheel falling off the buggy, Ah! kind of a story. He's writing Amish Plus. So definitely yep. go ahead, and pick up your copy of the quilt that new. It's a very engaging mystery. And I got to tell you too, bodies are flying all over this book. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I thought I had the killer, they were dead. I was like, oh, okay. I guess it's not him. <laughs> no.
1: That's right.
0: Hey don't, hey, don't put your hopes on it. Don't bet on it. Because when you find out who the murderer is, you're like, okay, that came out of left field completely.
1: <laughs> yep. That's right.
0: And then there's a lot of twists and turns going on in the story. And a mingle with that is Jenny and her daughter and her husband's love for pie, right? Which I yep. thought was pretty funny because it's like every moment, can we have some pie? You know, Yeah,
1: we need <laughs> like, some pie. We're going over there to our favorite restaurant and we're going to get some apple pie.
0: And I love it. I love that. I thought that was really cool because when you're writing cozy mysteries, you don't want that kind of cozy mystery element to it. You know, you want the coziness of it. And getting to know things—it's
1: real life, Parker. When I go out, I want to get some apple pie myself.
0: <laughs> so, Jenny, you, <laughs> right? Jenny, Bob, the daughter, is all you. You know, there's yeah, got to be pie right. in here. So, yeah. Yep. To our listeners out there, make sure you go ahead and pick up your copy of the quilt that new available at Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. Now, when you were trying to figure out the mystery, because i have never written a mystery before, how do you get all that going? Like, what, what do you? Where do you start?
1: Well, this was one of the books. Sometimes I write a book where I'm just pantsing it. I'm just going chapter to chapter and just letting it kind of come out. But this book, I I really had to be diligent about the timeline and the chapter outlines. I really had to know and put myself right there and really be detailed about writing a chapter outline so I knew exactly what was happening. And then I always I had to make my own list of suspects and I had to then track how would that person have done it if they were really the murderer. And then if that came to a dead end or a blind end, then I, I have to go back and look at the next suspect. And so finally, and then I had to say, well, why would they do it? And what was the reason that they would be the murderer? And so it just kind of, as I did that and worked through the chapters, it just kind of sorted itself out and I went, yeah, okay, here's who did it, and this is why they did
0: it. And let me tell you, you're thinking that you know the story and you don't. So go ahead, pick up The Quilt That I Knew. It's really good. I enjoyed it. But someone who really doesn't read a lot of Amish books, because sometimes you just think, oh, I know we're going to get in. I have to be honest, electricity does wonderful things for me.
1: <laughs> so uh,
0: maybe that's been sort of a barrier. Because the only one I read was like yours. I read Amish Renore, I read The Quilt That I Knew. And it makes right. you want to read some of your other stuff now. It's like, now I want to read some of my other Patrick stuff, because I know I'm going to get more than just the buggy, the fall off the buggy. Right. And That's stuff right. Like that. So I know our listeners are going to feel the exact same way. So if you're a listener, go ahead, pick up your copy of the quilt that new today. Now, Patrick, in the few moments that we have left, I want you to share with some of your other projects that you're working on.
1: Well, I have a writing partner, Murray Pura and he and I have done a uh, World War II series uh, that we completed uh, last year and now and it was set in World War II and with three protagonists and now we're going to have The sons of those protagonists become involved in the Vietnam War. And then after that, we're going to do another series about the grandsons and daughters of the original protagonists being involved in the desert campaigns in Iraq and Afghanistan. So we have a nine-book series planned. At the same time, we're doing a kind of a a Zane Grey-style Western And we're into book two of that. That's the Stormrider series. And then I'm also working on another Orcswing mystery with Jenny and Bobby that's going to be called uh, The Boy in Blue Denim. And I'm kind of sorting out that whole plot right now. So I've got that going. And then I've got two or three other books that I'm kind of writing a chapter here and a chapter there. I've got one book that is uh called When the Hummingbirds Danced in a Honeysuckle Sky and it's this kind of a romantic, uh, almost like the bridges of Madison County kind of story. A lady who moves back to her hometown and she's sick and she's dying and her ex husband shows up and he's a cowboy and he shows up they she's in Burns, Oregon and she doesn't she can't get any help her daughters estranged and far away and so all of a sudden her ex-husband shows up and he's the love of her life and they just they broke up for no real good reason except that they just couldn't really commit and they had their issues and so he comes to help her and so the story is about the love returning and them finding that original love they were each one of them was their first love for the other person and so now in the last days of her life they get to work out all all that stuff and so that's the hummingbirds danced in a honeysuckle sky.
0: Wow that sounds really in-depth and I know it's probably something I want to read out will I have my tissues ready too. (laughs) But I love second chance romances. I love them and I think with second chance romances, even in maybe like a tragic situation, you get an yep. opportunity to say the things you didn't say to yep. really have a different perspective. So I love second chances. My favorite, though, this was someone one who wants to know, my favorite will always probably be like forbidden, like the forbidden love. Like, you know, I had a short story I did, Patrick. Uh, it was flash fiction. So I had a gun loving Christian who falls in love with a pacifist atheist. Right. And then they get held up by a robber <laughs> uh-huh. and the robber takes them up the stairs they're hollering at each other and they come to find out the robber used to be a mayor's counselor
1: <laughs> oh boy
0: <laughs> now you that, that's, that's a road
1: i don't know if i would have gone down but <laughs> <laughs> like how to go from mayor's
0: counselor to a robber yep. you know that's right. and then he actually solved their relationship problems <laughs> in the stairwell yep and then he said, "Well, are you going to rob us or not?" He was like, "Well, now I feel like I need to go back to being Baird's counselor." You know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but our dear listener, you can just tell that Patrick has a lot going on here. So make sure you go ahead and stay up to date with him by going to his website at PatrickDCraig.com. Yep. Yeah, make sure you go to his website PatrickDCraig.com. You can sign up for his newsletter and uh, stay up to date with everything he's got going on here. Now, Patrick, in the few moments we have left, you know, I always use this show to encourage authors out there whom God has given the gift to write to pick up the pen and do so. So go ahead and encourage them out there today.
1: Well, if you have a book inside you and you're putting it off for some reason, if you think you can't do it or you're not good enough, my advice to you is just write it. Write the whole book, write do the first draft the first and Parker knows this the first draft is always the worst writing we're ever going to do, so don't be put off by just get the story down, get it out of your head and on uh, into your computer on onto, onto a printed material so you can look at it and believe me, once you do that then you'll get going on the second and the third draft and the fourth draft, but just write the story if you got one in your heart, if you got it in your head, and God is telling you to write it, do not turn away from God's call on your life.
0: I can't think of a better way to end the show today. So Patrick, thank you, thank you, thank you for being with me on the show today. Can't wait to have you back and have you back real soon.
1: That's great. Thanks. It's always great to be here, Parker.
0: And we were talking today to Patrick Craig. He is the author of The Amish Mystery, The Quilt That New is available on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. Make sure you go ahead and pick up your copy today. I thoroughly enjoyed talking to Patrick and enjoyed listening to his ideas about his life experience and everything else. But you may be wondering, can I write that story? Patrick just told you, just get it out of your head. Write it down. Your first draft is not going to be your best writing, but it will be completed. And that's where you want to be. You want to make sure your first book is completed. You can always edit it later. So go ahead, dear listener, pick up the pen and write stuff Thank you so much for joining me for this edition of The Right Stuff. I'm the queen, Parker J., and you have a wonderful, absolutely glorious, blessed day.